Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to our number two of episode 116 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is Independence Day. We like to call it the 4th of July. We celebrate it with family cookouts and close the day out with sparklers and fireworks. But when was the last time that you or I really stopped to consider the deeper meanings of this day? What too many of us don't know is that July 4, 1776 wasn't the day we gained our independence from English rule. It was the day we declared and signed a document and knew that we must fight for the right to have our freedom. Too many of us have become so separated from our nation's historical origins that we only know July 4th as an extra day off from work, when in fact, it was the day that our forefathers set out to do the hardest, most perilous, and dangerously life-threatening work. Our history It's complicated, it's messy, and it isn't always pretty, but it is a history like no other nation has ever or likely ever will be. It is ours, and it is worthy of our time and attention. So I challenge you on this Independence Day to engage our history, spend the hour it takes to read the Constitution, and once you've learned something new, I pray that it will ignite a fire in you and create a hunger for more knowledge that will forever realign the way that you and your family think about Independence Day. Well, our next guest is Jim Libertor, who is the president and CEO responsible for the overall strategic, operational, and creative vision for Outdoor Sportsman's Group, which are comprised of Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel, World Fishing Network, and OSG's global over-the-top digital platform, My Outdoor TV. Welcome to the show, Jim. Wow! Thanks for having me. I uh, I appreciated the intro, and I think the civil, I think the Revolutionary War ended in 1783, so it was a long, yes, long conflict. But yes. um, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. So anyway, I just thought I would add a little trivia to Thank your. Thank you. Well, Jim, this yeah. is <laughs> okay. Jim, this is Dan. Welcome to the show. You know, I was thinking about that on the way down here. All the people that fought in the war were trained by the English. The, yeah. So, how could we have possibly won that war, working the same way they did? We are so blessed to be able to have beat them, under the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, it it's just it's just amazing, and I think it's it's interesting that so much of what we talk about, and and I think uh, when people look at the gun rights and the things that we're looking at today. 
Um, so much of what we look at is, you know, the NRA and it's top down. But really, these movements start uh, individual with mm. individual people, which is mm-hmm. what I'm hoping, you know, um, to try and promote uh, not only in shooting but hunting over the next uh, the next year. We're starting to do some things to try and get uh, individuals involved mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a different way. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So with the uh, the platforms that you have, you're involved in helping people enjoy and celebrate their freedom in the great outdoors, right? Right. So right. tell us a bit about the different media platforms that you are in charge of. Okay, we have an outdoor channel, sportsman channel, world fishing network, and uh, we also have the uh, MOTV, which is the over-the-top app uh, subscription video on demand service that's global. About a month or so ago, we kind of officially entered into, you know, 119 countries or something like that. Ooh. We also so just a have little startup a, thing, right? Yeah, just a- yeah. <laughs> it's great because in those those countries, a lot of them don't even have access really to hunting and shooting programming. Right. Um, That's amazing. But we also have uh, 15 magazines. Uh, well, actually, 20 uh, and 20 websites. So it's 15 magazines and 20 websites. Um, wow. Uh, handguns. Guns and Ammo, Firearm News, Shooting Times, mm-hmm. you know, Bowhunter, a lot of them. So that's what we're in charge of right now. Wow, that's really awesome. And so uh, you and I attended recently uh, the NSSF Industry Summit in South Carolina. And mm-hmm. while we were there, we were talking about, you know, gun owners and trying to maybe shift the dialogue to from the Second Amendment, not because it's not important and vital, but um, from our rights to maybe the fun side of shooting and the benefits we derive from being in the outdoors with our friends and our family. Why do you think that that might be an important distinction and an important shift moving forward? Well, I think, I think it's critically important, you know, and, and I think the advantage I have is I was brought into this company because I've run media companies, not because I am, uh, was a shooter or a, uh, mm-hmm. a hunter. Mm-hmm. And so I came into this, I was at Speed Channel before, so I was in the, uh, the car industry and I really wasn't, you know, into racing that much. But again, it's a media company mm-hmm. and we're a media company. Mm-hmm. But what what I really quickly learned is the amazing story of hunting and shooting, and um, very, very quickly went out and kind of have our own little private arsenal now of about five or six firearms that we just love to shoot, you know, and what I learned is that it was all about Second Amendment and protection and all of those things, very, very true, mm-hmm. important, but mm-hmm. dark, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, applications. And I think that when now what what I know, because I was there six years ago from the outside looking in, is that, you know, guns and gun ownership, a lot of people don't really think too much about it. But when uh, different things happen and these events unfold at schools, the only information they're getting uh, unless they're watching uh, Fox News or NRA TV or something else, which are, means they're already in the fold, mm. uh, is that guns are bad. Gun, you know, guns, 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 guns. Mm. And what I always want to scream to people is, go shoot one. Go to a range, and you will feel completely differently because they're they're fun. I had a, a nephew who uh, we were taken up into the mountains to do some shooting, and he, you know, he is a uh, you know one of these 
kids is 21 years old and lives at home and views me as a selfish, you know, one percenter and, and all that <laughs> type of stuff, you know. And he was visibly upset on the way up. And he said, look, I, I he was upset that the guns were in the trunk, you know, and he's like, look, I don't want to shoot. I don't like guns. And I said, well, look, do me a favor, go through the training portion and then if you don't want to shoot, then go on the four-wheelers or go hug a tree or whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So he um, went through the training, and I'm not making this up, 500 rounds later was asking <laughs> for a golden boy for, uh, for Christmas. And I that's believe the point. And, and I think it's up to the shooters to, or the people who enjoy the shooting sports to take the mantle now. And what I would ask is that every single person that's hearing my voice will commit to taking at least a person a month or six people a year who have never held a gun to a shooting range Mm. and have them hold it. I have seen this because my family didn't come from a hunting or shooting background, and I will not. My sister now owns firearms, Mm -hmm. and I have converted just by teaching people to shoot, probably a hundred or more people have completely changed their mind about guns by virtue of being to our uh, our cabin to shoot. So it's a really, you know, it's an easy task, I think, if, if people will take it seriously. Well, I love that. And I also love the idea that when you're out and you're in the fresh air and you're enjoying the camaraderie and the fun of maybe competing to see who can hit closer to the bullseye and right. all of that. You're you're away from screen time, right? We spend mm-hmm. now. You're in the media business, so I don't want to encourage people not to spend time in front of their screens. But <laughs> you know what I mean. You're you're still um, you're experiencing nature. You're experiencing the fun of being with your friends. There is focus involved. There is discipline involved. There are so many things involved in in getting out on the range that uh, I think the benefits, I don't even know that we could list them all in the the few minutes we have here together. No, and and I think what people who are inside the space see are the anti-gun people and and the people who are pro. And what I don't know if people realize is there is a just – most people are in the middle, mm-hmm. and they have some general idea of a handgun, and uh, the the or or a, or a rifle, or you know a modern sporting rifle. But they they have haven't ever uh, shot them before, and I really believe that what you just said is so critically important. Is that you know our story, be it hunting or shooting, is a really really good one. You know, it's not like we're trying to, you know, tell people to drink responsibly, you know, or we're not trying to tell young people not to smoke or, you know, because there's all those efforts by those industries are out there. Mm -hmm. We can tell people, you know, go handle and shoot a firearm. And by the way, what you just said, you can be outside, you will learn responsibility, you will overcome your fear, you will gain confidence, okay? You will have an appreciation uh, for, um, what it is and why we all love what we do, those are all good things. You know, um, are there people who misuse uh, a firearm? Of course. Are there people who misuse a car by, you know, texting while driving or drinking while driving? Yeah, but that's not the focus. The focus is is if we can explain to people why it's fun Mm -hmm. to go out and shoot, then I think more people will do it. Um, 
And uh, that's up to us. That's not up to the NRA. That's not up to NSSF. That's up to you and me and every single person who loves to shoot. Absolutely. Just normalize how normal it is and how fun it is. And we're about to run out of time, and I definitely want uh, you to tell people how they can follow all of the great content from the Outdoor Sportsman's Group before we have to run. Oh, geez, thank you. You can just go to uh, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel. You can look on your uh, channel guide um, or for World Fishing Network. All that is on your channel guide if you don't get it. Uh, just, you know, obviously call your cable operator mm-hmm. or uh, we're on Dish and Direct, of course. So there's a lot of ways. I just, uh, I'm just hoping everybody will commit to really getting people out on the range. You know, think it. if every person who owns a handgun got one person to do that, that's millions and millions of people. So wow. um, let's commit to that uh, because the fight's not going to get any easier um, unless more people understand it so that's my my plead or my uh my plea to them thank you so much i really appreciate your time we'll have you back on and talk some more about this and more fun stories with firearms jim libertor president and ceo of outdoor sportsman's group bye jim stick around more to come on the other side of these messages When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband, Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. 
We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we have waiting in the wings our next guest, Tony Simon. Now, Tony is the owner of Simon Says Train. Very clever. I love that. And the second is for everyone, diversity shoot, the 2A4E. So after the Sandy Hook tragedy, the extreme anti-gun legislation in New Jersey motivated Tony to get involved in the Second Amendment movement, and we are excited to bring him on now and talk a bit about that. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thank you for having me on, Cheryl. Absolutely. So how did you, I mean, other than, you know, that the extreme anti-gun legislation took place in New Jersey, I want to ask how you got involved in this, because it affected a ton of people, and yet (laughs) it affected you in a way where you were like, "Mm, maybe not. Right. Maybe I'm going to do something about this. So talk to us about that. It's really funny because um, we say it all the time. People get radicalized on the Internet. internet. Mm. Well, I got radicalized <laughs> in, the legisla- <laughs> in the legislative building. Love um, it. <sighs> what happened was, um, of course, New Jersey's silly gun control laws mm. uh, kicked in. They, they dusted off the old folder. Mm-hmm. said break glass in case of uh, mass shooting, mm. and they tried to put through everything they possibly could. Well, I'd just gotten my instructor credentials from NRA, you know, NRA certifications, and I was planning this whole secondary career and being a firearms trainer, and mm-hmm. then I just watched it all get threatened by legislation. Mm. I went down to Trenton with 200 fellow gun owners to testify about these bills, and I watched the people blow us off the entire time we were speaking. They had 11 pro-gun people, the usual suspects from the various groups that are funded Mm -hmm. by others. And um, I just watched it happen. They ignored us. They ignored 200 pro-gun people, listened to what they wanted to, and then voted, of course, along party lines. And I was like, well, that really sucked. And then I got to see the paper from the day before where the head of the committee pretty much said how they were going to vote before we even took the day off to go down there and testify all day. Mm. And that ticked me off. Yeah. And it also bothered me that I was the only African-American that was pro-gun out of the 200 gun owners there. Oh, wow. Because, again, being a guy that shoots and goes to the range a lot, various ranges, I know there are people of color, exactly. of every color, of every background. Exactly. And. So I contacted all the Second Amendment groups in the state that I'd been working with anyway. I'd been going to protest. I'd been participating, but that was the first time I'd ever testified. So I was like, hey, does anyone have a program to actually encourage minorities and non-stereotypical gun owners to actually take part in the political process? And every group said no. Mm. So I was talking to my best friend, Sean, from Black Bag Resources, um, and, I mean, we were just actually having a conversation on the phone, and I said, well, nobody does anything. What can I do? Someone should start it. And he said, well, you should start it. <laughs> if you've I, ever been no. to church, you know that that is the precursor, right? Somebody <laughs> yeah. should. Uh, that's, that's somebody's you. <laughs> and he was like, that's you. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm a regular person. I mean somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he I love said, it. go to ask I go to Anthony Calandro at Gun for Higher Range in Woodland Park. He was my TC, training counselor, and he always talked about motivating people 
uh, to get involved in the Second Amendment, especially in the urban community. So I went to him on, like, February 2nd. I said, Anthony, I'm thinking about putting together an event that just invites people of color out to actually participate in the Second Amendment movement, introduce people into guns, talk about Jersey law, and maybe get their paperwork started to get a pistol or firearms ID card in Jersey. Mm. And he was like, what about next Thursday? Oh, my God. what? (laughs) (laughs) So February 9th. February 9th of 2015, African American Day, uh, African American Month diversity shoot started. Wow. And what I discovered is it seemed to leave people out. Uh, a lot of people approached and said, Even if I'm not black, can I come? If I'm oh. not African American, can I come? And I was like, no, everybody's welcome. The diversity is okay, fine. <laughs> the second is for everyone diversity shoot. Anyone can come out and participate. Yes. And that's how it started. And, you know, you have friends. I don't divide my friends into whatever particular group. Yeah. So I was at the NJ SafeCon, which is the Second Amendment Conference in New Jersey, and I was a speaker. And I said, if regardless of race, religion, sexuality, gender, sexual orient, whatever it is, sexual orientation, we welcome all people. Mm-hmm. And I was approached by a transgendered person afterwards and said, I'd never felt welcome before until you put it out there. Mm. So my whole thing is everybody from every community is welcome. Even your different political beliefs. If you're a liberal, come out. Because I think one of the mistakes we all make is putting each other in boxes of what yes. you have to believe yes. if you are a liberal, Republican, Democrat. And I'm like, if we leave those labels off, we'll find we have more in common than not in common. Yes. And that's a mistake we're making. So that's how it got started, and that's what we're doing. And it's a lot of fun. It's been interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, thank goodness for ranges like Gun for Hire Range in New Jersey, Garden State Range in New Jersey, and I'm working my way to Pennsylvania this year before I, the end of the year. I absolutely love it. And, you know, the the diversity part of this whole thing you know there's that caricature out there that if you even know what the second amendment is you must be some old you know like 50 (laughs) plus uh bearded white dude wearing camo right well that doesn't describe either one of you or i and um you know i i like to say that if you have ever been marginalized at all in your life for any part of your being you should be on the front uh, the front guard of protecting every single syllable of every single one of our rights, most especially the Second Amendment right. Because if you're a marginalized, um, part of a marginalized community, then you are going to be victimized. You've already been victimized. You know what that feels like to be powerless. And to be able to protect yourself in those ways is um, it's priceless. It's everything. Very much so. What my regular everyday job since 1993 has been a locksmith. That's what I do. And there's various aspects to it, but one of the ones is going to break-ins and domestic disputes. Mm. And people do not understand what it's like to actually feel fear, Mm -hmm. to know either the person that you loved Mm -hmm. tried to hurt you, Mm -hmm. or a stranger broke into your home and tried to take everything you have, Mm. including your life. Second Amendment provides you with another option. Again, it's not the only option, but it provides you with another option. And restrictive gun control bills affect all 360 million Americans, not just gun owners. Right. Oh. So what what are you planning to do with this 2A4E diversity shoot? Like, what are your 
your current goals? You're, you're what, three years my, in now? Yeah, this is our fourth year. Um, my whole thing is get people involved, get people from every background to at least come out and come to our event and get to see the media-driven narrative is a lie. It is. Everybody isn't racist. Everybody isn't white. Everybody isn't someone who just can't wait to shoot them all up and let God, God throw them out because mm. that's just not true. Um, right now I'm doing it as a hobby. Everything is out of my own pocket or with donations people give me. I haven't even really charged to make money myself. We charge $10 a head, and that goes to the range for the range time. Mm -hmm. uh, last month, or a month before last, was the very first time I ever charged anything, and it's, it's $20 total, and that takes care of first 10 people through the door, get a prize, that takes care of pizza dinner with pizza and beverages, that takes care of you coming out and shooting other people's guns. I have volunteers that actually volunteer to sit in the port and teach new people to shoot. So it's pretty much three hours in North Jersey of entertainment and firing firearms. With the money I'm now getting, I'm hoping to be able to do the paperwork and get all the processing done to become a 501c3. Hmm. Well, good for you. That is a huge process. We haven't even... We would like to have one because we have an event every year that's uh, you know, uh, First Responders Appreciation Day. And uh, it's like, I don't even want to put my toe in that water of processing the paperwork. So I give, <laughs> I give huge well, credit by, to people who do. By not charging, I never knew. The only money I had was the ability to get from one event to the next event, paying for yeah. food, paying for ammo. And then everything else was up in the air. Yeah. So I finally started charging, you know, um, and at least gives me some income to yes. know if we have people come, I can use this money to get this process started. So that's what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, and it's such a bargain. I mean, you're really giving a value there. So we are nearly out of time, but uh, you have a second Is For Everyone podcast that I wanted you to kind of talk to us about. Where where did that develop out of? How long have you been doing it? What's your goal with it? Second is for Everyone podcast came out of when I first started this in 2015, I contacted the Firearms Radio Network, and mm -hmm. they allowed me to be on the Gun and Gear Review podcast mm -hmm. on the Firearms Radio Network where I'm a co-host. But I'm, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to ruin anything for them. So I started my own podcast so I can really speak my mind about products and companies mm -hmm. and the politics of the day. So it includes all of that plus reviews. But it was just me feeling free to talk. So you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and any other podcast app. Um, we've been doing it since December. And we're picking up ra rather rapidly, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I just want to get word out so people can donate to our GoFundMe under Second is for Everyone. Everything is under the Second is for Everyone. Uh, the mm -hmm. GoFundMe, um, that helps. Patreon, which we're working on something right now, Car Arms donated some knives. So for the Patreons, we're going to have serialized knives that um, they can actually bid on, or if you're a Patreon, you can bid on it, and we'll do a drawing. Awesome. Well, we've got to run, but uh, just as we go out, please tell folks how they can uh, contact you, how they can support you, how they can come to one of your classes, and uh, just real quick because we're about out of time. All right, diversityshoot.com is how you can reach us. Tony at diversityshoot.com is how you can reach me. You can listen to the podcast on any podcast app, The Second is for Everyone. And you can find me at The Second is for Everyone on Facebook.
Beautiful. <laughs> Tony Simon, thank you for all you do. Keep up the excellent work. All right. Thank you for having me on, and have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We have one more awesome guest, Ms. Zena Amaroni the chairwoman uh, and national director of March for Our Rights, coming up right after this. Everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. To Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And we are celebrating Independence Day with a little bit of fun music, a little bit different music today. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network, Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. Well, we appreciate you being here with us today. And if you've missed any portion of the show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. Next time you're on a long weekend drive or working out in the yard or making dinner for the family, just have us on in the background and we appreciate your time. Our next guest is Zena Amaroni, 
Amarani, I think. You're going to have to correct me on that when you get on here, Sina. The chairwoman and national director of March for Our Rights, a student-led nonprofit organization with a mission to protect the Second Amendment through social media education and peaceful demonstration. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So is it Amarani? Yes, it's Amarani. Oh, I did good one of those times. If I, I probably <laughs> pronounced it four different ways, so we'll just say I did good on one of them, right? So <laughs> it's okay. It's become a common trend to mispronounce my last name recently. Well, and really, it's phonetically correct, so we shouldn't be having so much difficulty with it. So talk to us about your marches. What? Uh, where did these come from? What? What inspired you to become the chairwoman and national director of March for All Rights? Okay, so basically I was in a Facebook group with like a lot of other conservative students and a couple um, of the kids were talking about doing some kind of march to show that students do support the Second Amendment. This was after the March for Our Lives had happened and they got major media coverage and there was this misconception that all students kind of hated guns. And um, the two students who made this post were, like, around 15 years old. They were really young. They were in high school. And I, like, figured they would need some help getting something started. And I'm only 19, but I'm going into my third year of college next semester. Um, I'm at least legally an adult. So I just, like, hopped onto that Facebook group, and I was like, hey, guys, like, I'll help you out. So um, I basically helped them file for a nonprofit. I helped them get the social media up and running, work on marketing and outreach, and ever since then, our movement just picked up and we're just moving forward. Wow. See, that's incredible because a lot of people, you know, they, they see and read the same things you saw and read, but they don't uh-huh. take the next step and they don't involve themselves in being part of the solution to what, uh, to what they see people being so, um, you know, maybe uneducated or misinformed or whatever the case may be. And I really admire that. So tell Thank us. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. So tell us about you. Were you raised with firearms or uh, with a deep connection to our American history? How did you become that person who would lead a movement like this? I've been getting this question a lot recently. And interestingly enough, no, I really wasn't raised with firearms. My family doesn't own any um, So it wasn't really part of my childhood or growing up. What did happen was I was always really into politics ever since I was a little kid in high school and middle school. I just really liked learning about American history and American politics. And I kind of came to develop a constitutionalist libertarian identity for myself when I was around 14 or 15 years old. And with that came um, support for a Bill of Rights, all of the rights, including the Second Amendment. And it wasn't until this year when I started hearing about all this hatred against guns and stuff, that I was like, you know, maybe I should learn how guns work. Maybe I should learn how to use them and see, like, if there's any basis in these claims. And as I came to learn to shoot, I basically work with all different kinds of guns now, like rifles, handguns, everything. I came to realize that, no, there really is no basis in any of the claims. Like, guns aren't scary if you know how to use them right. They're not scary at all. Um, And more people in this world use them for self-defense than anything. So it, um, firearms themselves are relatively new to me, but my support for the Second Amendment was just part of my um, political identity for a long time. So in the profile picture that I have for you on our your guest page on gunfreedomradio.com, 
your shirt says gun rights are women's rights, and I could not agree with you more. But I just wonder, um, you know, how how do you how do people interact with you when you wear things like that? Do they get it? Do they give you pushback? Are they curious enough to lean in and ask you about it? How does that go for you? Um, I tend to get a lot of pushback, interestingly enough, from both pro-gun and anti-gun people. Really? I mean, um, when it comes to anti-gun people, you'd like, I feel like you kind of expect the pushback. They're just like, no, it's not. Like, don't ruin our feminism that way. <laughs> they say that um, they always give me this like weird statistic. They're like, if gun rights were women's rights, then like 50 women every month wouldn't be like killed by a domestic abuser's gun or whatever. And I would be like, okay, but 46,000 women a month use a gun to defend themselves in one way or another. I would say that that 46,000 number really outweighs the 50 number. Mm -hmm. So I always get arguments like that. And interestingly enough, I get some hate from pro-gun guys who don't like the fact that I'm making it a woman's rights issue. Really? Like, this isn't about women. Yeah, literally, I got a message from one guy today on Twitter, and he was like, stop putting a divide between the genders by making that shirt pink. And I was like, (laughs) really? You're bothered by a pink shirt? Like, please move on with your life. It was just really funny. You know what? That's probably an anti in in sheep's clothing because that is a ridiculous thing to say. Um, You know, the the guest we had on before you is uh, putting together a, a diversity shoot. He's in his fourth year of putting a, together a diversity shoot. And he said when he first got started, he, he was just trying to engage his, his fellow African-Americans. And uh, uh-huh. and so he was like, he, other people would ask him like, hey, can I be a part of it too? I'm, I'm, a, I'm not black and I'm a woman. And he's like, yes, I didn't mean to leave anybody out. So that's really what we're about, isn't it? That we don't want to leave anybody out, but we, we want to be sure that people that haven't been the core focus definitely feel welcomed in. Exactly. I completely agree with that. I feel like um, just because of our culture, gun rights seem to be a masculinized issue. And I think that they're really important to females. And I think it's very, very important to bring the female awareness and support for the Second Amendment up, which is why that's like an integral part of my campaign and um, my mission with both my movement and just my brand as an individual. Well, exactly. And you kind of occupy a unique space because, you know, you're not, nobody would pick you out of a crowd unless you were wearing that shirt, maybe, (laughs) and say, oh, there's one of those crazy gun people because you're, you're young, you're female, you're a vegan, right? And, you know, you're just not the mainstream. Yeah, and I'm a first-generation American. My parents are actually immigrants from the Middle East, so that's another thing that really sets me apart from what people expect. But I think that's really important to understand that, you know, the Second Amendment and our Constitution is for everyone. It's for every American. It's not just for um, the stereotypes that people, usually anti-people, I would say, um, envision when they think of gun rights. Right. In so many other uh, of those descriptors of you, the the left, the, you know, the rights restrictors, the anti-gun people probably feel like, yeah, she's one of us. And then you're like, well, maybe not so much because I'm a free thinker <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of like guns. So, um, you know, I'm hearing more and more that young people are not embracing those messages of the rights restrictors. And I'm so encouraged by that. And so how can people get involved in supporting your message and get involved in your marches? Well, we're really active on social media. Um, 
We are the biggest on Instagram. We have um, over 17,000 following right now, which is huge for us because we only did start about two and a half months ago. So when you take that into consideration and you already think that there are 17,000 young people who agree with our cause around the country, I would say that that's a really big deal. Um, Our username on both Instagram and Facebook is March for our rights. And the four is the number four. So March number four, our rights. And people can just like really, you know, check us out, check out what we're about there, engage with our posts. Um, We also have a website called m4or.org. That's the number four. And um, on our website, we actually have a volunteer form. So anyone who wants to volunteer to be involved with us in one way or the other, they can fill that out. And one of our representatives will get in contact with them. We also have RSVP forms for all of our marches. And our marches are going to be happening on July 7th on 15 um, confirmed locations around the country. So that's in about a week now. And um, we have RSVP forms for all of those marches. So they can go on our website, fill out the form, which will tell us that they're going to be there. And they can march with us. And I think Phoenix is one of your locations. Am I right? Yes, Phoenix is actually one of our locations, and, like, the Phoenix kids are amazing. They're all high school students, and they're working so hard to pull this off. They've had so many complications, but they're really trying their best. So um, for everyone who's a Phoenix listener, including yourself, like, I would ask that you could give them all the support you could. Absolutely. Well, I just really admire you. I admire that you haven't allowed yourself to be pigeonholed into, well, you're a woman, so therefore you can only believe these things. Well, you're a first generation immigrant, so you can only believe those things. And, you know, you've really defined yourself as uh, an American uh, person and you're enacting your constitutional rights. And I I just really applaud you and, and thank you for all you're doing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, everybody, check out the website, March for Our Rights. And thank you so much, Zena Amarani. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and maybe a little bit of time for Dan's commentary. Mm, Probably not a chance. Right. (laughs) Right after this. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com.
For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. America! Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And we are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is one of my most favorite parts of every show. It is the Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. It's a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, and so we are always proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Well, today we're going to do something a little different with our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. It turns out that it's pretty hard to find a news clip from the 1700s. So I found one of those movies that we would have watched back in school in the 1970s. And I think you'll enjoy the nostalgia of the dramatic voice and the sound effects. We are just a couple of days away from Independence Day when we... The citizens of the United States of America celebrate a risky proposition undertaken by some brave men and women to enact this great and grand experiment in freedom. Our forefathers came to a time and place when they realized that action was required. Today we are going to talk about a time when danger came in the form of an oppressive government treating the citizens as subservient subjects. It was a time when people came together and said, no more. And anytime you can't back up your no more with an or else, it is really more of a suggestion rather than a, a command. How did the people of the colonies command no more? How did they have the power to stand up to an army of soldiers by each and every household being filled with responsibly armed citizens. And America is without an army. Here are 13 colonial settlements, more or less united by the common need for survival. For years, they had found it necessary to require every able-bodied man to own a serviceable musket and to spend some time training in the local militia. This provided the bare minimum of protection, be it from bandits or wild animals. But now, the newly formed Minute Companies have appeared, marking a new step toward preparedness. King George III declares the colonies to be in a state of rebellion. Full-scale war is ordered to bring the Americans into subjection. But freedom-minded leaders speak out. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be 
purchased at a price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. These responsibly armed citizens needed to train for preparedness, as the video states, and as a militia in order to be able to fight as a focused force. Nowadays, in peacetime, quote-unquote, we stay proficient through individual training efforts, and if necessary, we can convene under organized training, focus our efforts toward a common foe, a common oppressor. Danger is kept at bay and has a shallow foothold when met with resistance, when met with an or else, backed up with the resolve expressed in the words, give me liberty or give me death. Thomas Paine spoke for many and inspired others when he wrote, These are times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from service of his country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. Tis dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. These words were spoken generations ago, long before political correctness silenced the tongues and the courage of so many, and are still so true today. The summer soldier loves the idea of freedom, but does not actually do much about it. The sunshine patriot of today is likely someone who engages in hashtag campaigns, but who does not really know the issues and does not take any serious measures to reach out to our representatives and only votes out of convenience. Summer soldier and sunshine patriot. These words describe someone who loves comfort more than freedom and describes those who say, I'm a gun owner, but, or I want freedom, but, where would we be today? Where would all of the millions of people who have fled oppression the world over and come to the United States be if we hadn't had those responsibly armed citizens who fought the danger of tyranny? And where would our children and our children's children be if we ourselves do not continue in the tradition and the footsteps of being responsibly armed citizens? The words of Washington quoted from an earlier letter to Elbridge Gerry were proved valid. There is nothing so likely to produce peace as to be well prepared to meet an enemy. Well, that is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report for the colonial period. We didn't learn that in school. How could that be true? 
Well, you know what? I think when you and I were in school, they, they tried to teach it to us, and we were, you know, maybe not fully focused. But nowadays, they're not even trying to but, teach that. But we knew about the cherry tree. We did. <laughs> right? How come we didn't hmm. know about this other stuff? Yeah. Well. I mean, that move, that uh, series turn mm-hmm. has really brightened my view of what happened in the past. Yeah, and that's even, you know, Hollywood-ized. But it at is. least it gives you some... Some pegs in your brain, some place to start to pique your curiosity right. and go, was that really true? That scene right there? And you can so, go look it up. Absolutely. But the thing, we didn't have that in school. They didn't give us a reason to be interested in right. you know, researching. All right. And I think I did leave a little bit of time for Dan's commentary. Tell yourself something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Well, a large talk show at the FM radio here in Phoenix, they have a show where a host stated today, guns are part of the problem. So I... uh, That was a dramatic pause. Well, it it was because, you know what? It's something to think about, and it's just like... This was in response, by the way, of the shooting in Maryland. Mm -hmm. They said that guns were part of a problem. And, you know, I know the host. I'm not going to mention names, but I know a year ago he was was a gun owner. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Maybe he's a I'm a gun owner but guy. But there's a lot of but there probably. Don't be a but. Anyway... So you think about that. Guns are part of the problem. Well, if guns are part of the problem, then shoes, gas, the clothes we wear, and even the air we breathe is part of the problem. I think that that's interesting, the way that you tied those things together. That's so true because, you know, well, if he didn't have shoes to wear... Right? He couldn't have left the house. If he didn't have gas in his car, he couldn't have driven to that place. So, you know, it really is. It comes down to the individual person who chooses the wrong thing, chooses to misuse his life, right? <laughs> to and misuse our rights. And the people who say that, you know, you're going a bit extreme when you're talking about shoes and gas and all that, mm-hmm. you know, we probably are. But in our way, we think the same thing about the gun use. You're going to a bit extreme when you say the gun is part of the problem. The gun is not part of the problem, period. There is no but. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool if every time somebody said but, their butt grew? <laughs> it's like people wouldn't be able to sit in chairs. Couldn't get through the doorway. Right. But anyway, so and it, it's not about, it's not the guns have any part of it. Mm-hmm. It's the person that's using the tool because if they don't have that, there was one guy that commented that says, well, Maryland, and this is on the same sh- uh, station, different show. This guy says that, well, he couldn't get an AR-15 because the laws in Maryland wouldn't allow him to have it. So he got a shotgun. That's not what's going on here. No, it really isn't because then they'd say, well, if, you know, if we make shotguns illegal, well, then what he could get, um, you know, a pressure cooker and create a bomb or, you know, put some 
I, I don't even want to say what I'm thinking because it might give somebody an idea, but there are multitudes of ways that people can hurt other people. And Right. And, you know, we know that the shooting yesterday, or, or well, that would have been Thursday, mm-hmm. that was a, there was a problem there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's look. Okay, we have a problem. What is the problem? Mm-hmm. It's the guy that walked in there. And That's they weren't the even surprised that it was him. Like no. they had said, I think you heard some quotes on some of the news that said, if if People there was going there, to be a problem here, it's it going to be from that guy. Right. Now, he had had some trouble with the law, but nothing federal. Mm-hmm. There was nothing they could do because it was just talk. Right. But, I mean, come on. They they knew he was up to something. And that's the thing is you there is no restriction. There's no law. There's nothing other than physically restraining that person that you think is going to do something wrong that hasn't actually done anything wrong yet. Right. And, and you know. That's going to prevent these kinds of things. And so, you know, st- to try to put up more laws all it's going to do is is hamper the lives of people who are never going to break the law in the first place. Right, right. So, all right. Well, it's probably time for us to start wrapping this up and getting ready for our Independence Day celebrations. And like I said at the top of the first hour, do something different this year. Do something educational. Yeah, Some, we're doing something different this year. We're actually staying home. Yeah, yeah for... <laughs> For the last four years, we were go- we'd go up to Big Bear and, and beautiful fireworks up there. It's just uh, uh, stunning. Big on Bear, the lake. California. Yep. Uh-huh. And this year, we decided that we weren't going to be able to go, and so we're here. And uh, it's kind of sad, but we'll see fireworks somewhere. And like I said, every year that I see the fireworks, all I can imagine is the people in the battlefield, even World War Two, World War One, and even the Revolutionary War, that these people had to go through the pain just so that we have a right to be here today so true so true um and i think we're going to have a great independence day because we'll actually get to hang out with some family you know because usually we're gone and we just have our our little group with us but i think it's going to be awesome right and if we have time i do want to talk about one other thing that just came up to me yeah i i heard you read an article a couple of weeks ago about a, a gentleman or kid in florida that was the shooting at um the school. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the kid's name. It's at Parkland, Parkland Florida school. Right. High but School. What was the kid's name that suggested that people ignore Fourth of July this year, don't use fireworks, sparklers, or, or, or any kind of a loud report because uh, PSD? PTSD. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And the way that it was brought out to me is wrong. It's almost like they just don't want us to remember that we have a constitution and we have independence and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. It was more like... You didn't feel like they were being genuine in their reasoning. No. So, and and you know what? <laughs> you have reason to doubt uh, their intentions. But right. we have to close out. So I want to thank our tech crew. You guys are awesome. Our listeners, you know what we do here? You carry it forward. And... And, you know, we would just be, you know, we could stay home, Dan and I, and talk to each other. No. So the fa- <laughs> no. Yeah, he's like, We're, no, no, not no, going to no, happen. No. Um, and to our amazing guests who take time out of their life um, to tell us about their individual expertise. And so until next time, pray for our nation. 
pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Mm. Even the ones you don't like. Okay. Especially the ones you don't like. You're pushing it. Be be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny.